Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 171 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So today's podcast episode is a playing of the live stream that Gwen and I just did last night, actually. And if you listen in the episode, you'll hear me talk about the song, Be Still and Know That I Am God, that the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys sang for Andy since this last weekend, Friday, for their Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday concerts. And I say I'm going to try to get it at the end, and I do. I just recorded it to play at the very end. Now, I had to kind of improvise and play it on my phone into the microphone, and I could not get it very loud, so I apologize that to hear it well, you will have to turn up the volume on your phone or wherever you're listening, but um, it's the best I could do with as much time as I had right now. But I just know that you'll appreciate it and enjoy it. So now I just want you to sit and listen to Gwen and I talk about Christmas and getting ready for Christmas and really taking time to take a little pause and maybe be still in the busyness of the Christmas season. to really just talk about Christmas. And, you know, it's funny, I was texting somebody earlier today that I probably ought to apologize to Gwen because I am, I feel like a hot mess, kind of this whole Christmas season. So it's just been really tough and challenging. And I'm just going to apologize a little bit off the bat for that. Um, but I know you understand that and you are okay with that, Gwen. So thank you. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And you know, Marcy, I honestly think that I've said this to you before, that's what makes what you do so real and relatable to the people because you're right there in the trenches with them. You're not acting like life is great. When they hear this and see and hear your pain, they can just connect with that so much. So I don't think you have to hide that. Well, I'm not hiding it today. That's my thought. So. <laughs> no. Nope. So anyway, mm -hmm. we're here to kind of talk so about Christmas and Christmas time and yeah. Um, and I'm just going to start out by kind of saying so anybody who's watching might notice that I am in a different space today and I'm in Andy's room today. And it kind of started out I mean, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time, but I've never done it. But what ended up happening was I was recorded for a TV show last night in Ohio, in Northeast Ohio. And um, I started out, I went, I, I then Eric's been putting me on this green screen and that wasn't going to work. And so I went downstairs to our living room and the walls are so pale that I just looked pale. It looked terrible. And so then I moved everything up to my bedroom and that looked too dark. And then I thought, you know, I think maybe this is the time. I think it's time to go to Andy's room and kind of honor that space a little bit. And it seemed like the appropriate place to be for that. And I thought it looked nice. And so here we are. Mm -hmm. So I will show you like there's Andy's bed Aww. and you can see how it says Andy there. Mm -hmm. And there's his baseball and his two of his mm -hmm. favorite caps, his tiger's hat and Hawkeye hat that still hang there. If you go behind the wall, there's the calendar still turned to August of 2018. I just never thought, mm -hmm. you know, I just, just never seemed right to change it. And I, as I turned on lights, it was like a little bit cobwebby and because of course it hadn't been turned on for a long, long time since Andy was reading mm -hmm. back at his bed, but mm -hmm. it seemed like maybe the right thing to do. <laughs> To be yeah. here. Um, Do you feel a little closer to him space. there? Like, is there? I, 
I do a little, little bit. Closer, I some do. sense of comfort. Yeah. 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 It mm-hmm. is. It sort of feels right. And it's been on my mind for a long time to do it, but I knew it would be like emotionally hard for me to do it. Um, and now, of course, I've moved now. This is the new like mm-hmm. recording studio. So I had to ask my husband if he's okay because mm-hmm. he does his like basketball podcast. Like, are you okay doing the basketball podcast in Andy's room? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's where I need to do my my podcast now. Um, so anyway, so I think everything's just going to be recorded here now yeah. and we'll be we'll be just moving on to this. So, um, yeah, but, but that's kind it. of how that all started. And it, yeah. Yeah. It's been just, mm. you've been also just had the emotional week with the concert. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so if as you long as we're talking that, about this week, sure about the concert. A little bit. Yeah. So the last two weeks, of course, I have I have said that this live stream was going to be Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And and I said it the first week and then I then and I didn't know at the time when I scheduled it, that the concerts were happening and that this was happening. Normally, those concerts, they never have them on a Tuesday night. And this year they decided to do instead of doing it over two weekends like they used to have probably at least five concerts. So four in Grand Rapids, one like in Muskegon, occasionally they'd have one in Lansing. So it'd be five or six concerts. And this year they cut it down to three and they did it Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday. So just over a few days instead of over two full weekends. And um, I knew we would go because we always Mm. go because it makes me feel close to Andy. But what I didn't know is that they were going Mm -hmm. to be debuting the piece that was written in his honor and in his memory. Mm. Um, Mm. So they did that. They did that Friday. And I went Friday and I told you because you said, are you sure you want to do the live stream? Because you knew that there was going to be one on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I think I think I should do the live stream because I think uh, I think I need something to do. So I don't feel obligated to go back. Um but then I went on Friday. Right. Eric also went on Saturday uh-huh. because Eric said, I just feel so close to him there. I said there are so few places where I feel him. Mm. And I feel him there, which I mm-hmm. do too, but it was just, it was just heart-wrenching. I mean, so they sang mm. this beautiful piece, which I, mm-hmm. I'll have to, once I get a clip, I have the whole concert, which is, you know, two hours, but, or mm-hmm. an hour and a half. But once I get the clip, I'll make sure to post the clip so everyone can kind of see it. But um, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful piece. It was, the words were just be still and know that I'm God. Um, pretty much in English, although they sang that, those in Latin as well. And then part of it then did the melody of Away in the Manger, which is, of course, the last con- Christmas concert that Andy sang in. He had the Away in the Manger solo. So it's like hearing him mm-hmm. in a way. So those were boys singing that same solo part. But instead of the words to Wayne in the manger, they were be still and know that I'm God. And it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was. so, so beautiful. But mm-hmm. just tore me up mm-hmm. too. I mean, I think back to... Mm-hmm. Cassie's daughter who I kept Cassie on the show a while back and I actually wrote to her she's Ella's mom I wrote to her she's in France and I said I just feel like the only words that that are fitting are Ella's words that it was excruciatingly beautiful because it was just excruciating but it was mm-hmm. I was in awe too I mean I really was and you mm-hmm. know yesterday mm-hmm. then I then I you know, as as Saturday went and I didn't go, it hit me on Sunday. Like, I have to go. I have to go again. I have mm-hmm. to hear them sing it in mm-hmm. person again. I can't miss this mm-hmm. um, to do a live stream. I'm just going to have to change it. I, I just knew that that's what I needed to do. I needed to hear them mm-hmm. sing it in person and... I sobbed the whole time again. And, you know, the 
people sitting next to me said after the concert, because it's at the very end, it's the last full song they sing. And they said, did you know him? <laughs> because of course I'm sobbing. Like, yeah, he's my son, you know? Oh, so yeah, I'm more than Did that him. bring tears to them? That brought tears to me. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I think so. I mean, it's hard to know. I tried. I was just in such a hard place, you know. Mm -hmm. It was just really hard. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And the season's been hard. But those, you know, mm -hmm. when you said excruciatingly beautiful, um, you know, bittersweet is another word that you just don't get until an experience like this, that it's got so much bitterness, but so much sweetness. I mean, it of was where beautiful. you felt close and the beauty of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard because yeah. sweet in some ways doesn't seem like even the right word. I was filled with awe mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. But sweetness always thinks to things of like as nice and, and nothing seemed nice. I oh, mean, it just was, yeah. it was just right. raw and painful and mm. I, I mean, unbelievable, yeah. but hard, you know, and I, and it's been a hard time anyway. So other thing to know, I, a week from today, you know what I'm going to be doing right now? Getting my tattoo. So I am no. finally getting my tattoo, oh. my be still tattoo. And um, okay. Yeah. So it, I have been thinking about this for a long time. I've been talking about it on the podcast for a long time. My dear friend, Michelle is going with me. Um, and what's funny is that I scheduled it a few weeks ago and I said to the guy, it has to be on uh, Wednesday because that's Michelle's day off and it has to be a Wednesday afternoon because I have the afternoon off and she has the whole day. And he said, okay, my first available is December 28th. And I said, okay. And I didn't think a lot of it. I just put it on the calendar and it's funny. I didn't think about it at the time, but I went straight over to my friend Michelle's house and I said, okay, we have our appointment. Here's the card. You need to email him what you want to do. And, and then I started talking about my mom because I've been just struggling with her this year. And I, I don't know if that I've shared on the podcast before that the day we found out she was dying was Christmas Eve. The day we moved her to hospice was Christmas day. And, you know, she died on the 28th of December. And I said to Michelle, I said the 28th. Mm. will be the 28 year in our tattoo. I said, you're right. It is. And it just seemed even more like right to do it that day, you know, that day. Oh, yeah. isn't that just amazing when things like that like, happen? Well, that's yeah, that it works out that way. That's so incredible. So I think that's good timing. Mm -hmm. I do want to take a yeah. second here to read Where some of the comments. Oh, it's on my forearm on my forearm mm -hmm. just so I can read it. And of course it just says be still. Okay. I actually didn't want it to be yeah. like screaming out. Mm -hmm. I'm a bereaved mom. I just wanted it to be something that was really kind of special and precious to me. And you know, that was his favorite verse. Be still know that I'm right. God, which is why that's the song written and using mm -hmm. just those words. And so uh, anyway, that's that's what it will be, and it'll just be where I can look at it kind of all the time. So, so I do want to read a comment here okay. that uh, Demetra yes. wrote. So she wrote, when we picked up Eleni's memorial bench, the guy helping to lift the bench asked me if I knew Eleni. I couldn't speak because how do you tell them that they were your whole mm. world? And she said, I managed to say mm -hmm. she was my daughter. And I mean, that's what I managed to say too. I mean, mm. when that man said to me, did you know him? I mean, know him. I weigh more than knew him. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I weigh more than knew him. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, no, I have... I, when thinking... 
I have a question. When yeah, thinking ahead. about the holidays too and transitioning to that with all these other emotions, is this time of year harder for you to find time to recuperate from such I emotions? would say yes. I would say yes. It's been really hard. And mm -hmm. I, in general, I feel like in some mm -hmm. ways I'm doing That's what worse I thought this year than I've, and I have, you know, I've gotten to the point where, so every year we've decorated Andy's grave really beautifully. And I say we've, but I, it's never been me. It's always been that I've kind of asked someone to help me do it or to do it for me because it's just too mm -hmm. hard for me mm -hmm. to do. He loved decorating the house for Christmas. He just loved it. It was like. I mean, he would beg me. We'd be before Thanksgiving and he'd be begging me to get out the Christmas decorations and to start decorating. Mm -hmm. um, so this year I had kind of said we we're going to do some decorating and like nobody seemed interested in helping me at all. And I go out to the cemetery because no one's wanting to help I go out there and of course I dig up the stuff that's there because it's all old and dead and and I dig it up and I sit and I just cried with Andy this is like right right after Thanksgiving and I just cried mm -hmm. and and I've been thinking like I need to try to decorate out there and I came home and I didn't decorate and and I felt like I couldn't because I hadn't decorated for him. I like felt like I needed to do it for him before I could mm -hmm. do it for us. And so I just never did. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody, nobody mm -hmm. offered to help me decorate his grave this year. And I just mm -hmm. like, it's the fifth year. And I just don't feel like I can ask anyone anymore. Because my therapist like, you need to ask someone. And like, I'm just tired of uh, asking someone. I'm tired of doing uh -huh. that. And I know someone would do mm -hmm. it. But it's just getting hard. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And like the concert, mm -hmm. like we had this concert and I posted it on Facebook that we were having the concert on the Ollie Sandy's mom plus in the personal stuff. And like, if you want to join me and join the family and nobody did. And that's just hard too. Because mm. I just feel like, mm -hmm. you know, we're just so alone in it now. Like it used to be. Like they didn't even dedicate a song to Andy in the past. And I would have people there with me at the concert. This one was like, it was the whole page just uh -huh. dedicated to my boy. And uh -huh. yet nobody, you know, I know it's a busy, busy time and everyone's busy. And I get that. I totally do. But it still, it still kind of hurts. Right. It still hurts. So anyway, I'm a hot mess oh, and I feel like I'm just very feeling sorry so. for myself very and I, so. and I don't want to do that. And I don't, no, I don't no. want to do that. Mm -mm. I mean, I don't, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just tough. It is pain. It's not, yeah, it's not pity, Marcy, or, or self-pity. It is pain. So if you think about bumping yourself and, you know, uh, hitting a tender spot and it throbs and throbs, you're in that throbbing. You're not feeling sorry for yourself. You've touched a tender spot that f for a few seasons back maybe wasn't as tender, but this year it's really, really sensitive for many yeah. different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I, I think, do part think of it when is... I asked about the time I mean, I was just going to say, I think part of it is I, I don't think I had fully ever dealt with all the bad stuff with my mom's death. I really hadn't. I mean, I had just stuffed it all away mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it, and, and grief wasn't handled very well in my family at that time. And, you know, mm -hmm. I never, ever talk about mm -hmm. my mom with my dad at all. Cause it's not an okay subject. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that starts to, you know, I mean, I think that's starting to come up a little bit because I think what I did is I just pushed it all away. And then I just mm -hmm. had the, 
I had just had Christmas focused on my kids now. I was just like, well, I can't focus on that. I don't want to mm -hmm. remember that Christmas. I don't want to remember all that stuff. I'm just going to go with now and just make Christmas mm -hmm. as beautiful for my family as I can and focus on this. And now this is all messed up and ruined too. And mm -hmm. so, you know, then, then that leaves me a mess. And, and Demetra, mm -hmm. I loved your comment. Mm -hmm. You're totally right. She said, you're, we're just all so tired, love. And that's, that's right. We're just tired. Mm -hmm. And she also wrote, people are scared yeah. to see our pain. They just mm -hmm. want us to get over it. And I think that's it too. And probably nobody wanted to go see me sobbing at that concert, right? It's, it's hard. It's hard to see people mm. hurting and it's not a time of the year that you want to be sad and thinking about all that, this too. Mm -hmm. And I do think when an invite like that, like, Hey, if anyone wants to join us, I've learned from other brewery people that the assumption is, is that someone's going to go. Then when they yeah. learn that nobody went they feel really badly because they made an assumption that you wouldn't be alone. But any of your friends or family hearing that you were totally alone in that are probably brokenhearted now because they made the assumption that that, that wasn't going to happen, but it did. Yeah. And it does yeah. often because people make the assumption someone else is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. <laughs> I, I think there's no, no way people thought nobody was going to come. Um, and I only asked a couple of people, right, specific right. people individually. Um, I, I didn't just because it just felt mm -hmm. it just get it's just getting to the point where it's hard to ask anymore. It's just hard to ask, you know. So yeah, yeah. So I know mm -hmm. you had some things yep. that you wanted to make sure to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so let's go back to that tiredness and that in other times in our grief, when we don't have all the, did I freeze again? Okay. Oh, you're good now. Um, mm -hmm. When you ha don't have all the wrapping and the things to do, um, you can take some time after an emotional time like that. But right now, because of the season, you're just going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Uh -huh. And so yeah. it, it does wear us out. And I think just to take that time. So when I was thinking about today, and you and I talked about it a few, you know, week or two ago about what do we call today? And I kind of said, you know, maybe the pause before the clause, meaning, yeah. you know, Santa cause coming. So I started really thinking about what taking a pause means yeah and you know you just mentioned concert um and talking about the concert before they perform they take a pause they do their breasts they yeah. get in the rhythm because they've practiced so much for this so i just posted um my video for this week that i put on facebook a little three or four minute thing and i said um when you think about Olympics or Olympians, they prepare so much for that one moment where they're going to come out of the gate. And I was thinking of my Michael Phelps, because we all know him and many people have watched him. You know, he's got his hood up, he's got his headphones in, and he's doing his weird, you know, yeah. exercises and he's breathing. Yeah. He is doing his last minute, whatever that pumping up or setting himself to that spot that I believe says I've practiced, I've prepared, I know it's coming. I got to dive in. And yeah. I think we as Bury people don't realize that we have to take that same before the family comes to our house for the holidays or before we show up at their doorstep. Right. And mm -hmm. Um, how are we going to take that pause in the next few days just to go, I need to do that in order to, to yeah. be put myself in the best position for this? Yeah. And, you know, I, if that I want to bring and, something and it up. Have to be. Go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 
Okay. I, I no, was going to go. bring two, up to a question from my little Greek group that I have mm -hmm. that I thought yep. would be good for discussion today. And that was about how mm -hmm. you navigate family dynamics where the love is there, but just being there mm -hmm. with full non-bereaved family members brings sadness. Um, just talking about they're so loving. I mean, your family mm -hmm. loves you dearly and they loved your child dearly too, but they're not living with that grief in the same way that you are. And they want to have a, kind of a happy Christmas moment, you know, and, and one of the women in my group, you know, her brother had invited her over for Christmas and said, we're opening presents at this time. We're coming. Over. And she said, well, I'm just coming for dinner. And he was like upset. No, we got you presents. You need to come. Mm -hmm. And, and like, she doesn't want to go for presents. She didn't get anyone presents. She doesn't want to mm -hmm. be there for presents. Like that's mm -hmm. too hard. And it's, you know, the fact that she's going for dinner mm -hmm. is a really big deal and all she can do. And so right. kind of just thoughts about how, what you do and how you talk right. to them. And she ended up sending this, I think, a beautiful, beautiful text message just explaining what she could and couldn't do. And I thought that was a great thing to just be like honest and just say, mm -hmm. I just can't right. do this. And I sort of wish you didn't, I mean, I don't think she said, I wish you didn't give me presents, but I'm sure she's thinking, don't give me presents. I don't even want to get you presents. Please don't get me presents, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you've just said so much in all of that. So I'll, I'll kind of break it down. Let's go back to the first part of it where that person was saying in the family, being in their presence. I think one of the things that happens when we're with family is being all together is just another reminder of our child's absence, right? Yeah. It's so loud. You know, there's this book um, that a, a man wrote after his mm -hmm. wife died and he talks about the empty chair he goes out with other couples, how loud that empty chair is to him. And he said, they don't hear it at the same volume level I do. So being in these family things, it's that loud emptiness that you have. Um, but the other part is that in our grief, maybe we've learned to um, adjust a little bit more in our own environment. And we're kind of used to maybe having some days, um, without our child but then when we go to these larger gatherings it's just again another reminder that they're not there and the other piece is is that we see our family's grief too and then we're carrying that i'm sad and lonely but like you mentioned everyone else is having joy i don't want to tell them that i'm sad and lonely right. so it just makes for a whole you know <laughs> pot full of all a bunch of highly charged emotional um, stuff. So then that leads to what you were saying about the person who told her brother, you know, I can't do that. We go back to those are the best tips in letting people know what we, you know, what we can and can't handle and just saying I can't be there. And we're not expecting family to fully understand that. And they, yeah. they just can't understand it all but can they accept it um but i also think that again when we're with family we realize that it might have to be smaller chunks yeah because it's it it's just so heavy for you and it used to be that maybe you could spend hours with family but if there's so much emotion in that for you it's too hard to carry for that long. So I think doing it in little pieces and just staying for the, you know, like she said, I'll come for the dinner. And I think someone else here said, um, I can't, I can't even look at a Christmas tree. Yeah. We need to protect ourselves however possible. I mean, so true um, that it's just too much right now. And so yeah. um, setting and you're right, those but they, things up. They may not understand and we just are going to have to kind of be okay with them not understanding and uh, it's just hard because i know you everyone feels right. like they're just i mean right i i have yeah. gotten so much just from my little grief group i feel like mm -hmm. so many of those women in there have 
talked about really how they're feeling judged by their families on what they can and can't do this Christmas season and mm -hmm. what they can and can't participate mm -hmm. in. It's just such a shame that that's. Oh, that makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely true. I mean, yeah, it's definitely. True. But why is it that that the holidays have such expectations and families do in, in a sense, even outside of the holidays has expectations of how, you know, we're supposed to feel or be or want to be together. But sometimes those are the hardest places for hurting yeah. people to be. And yeah. you just mentioned a couple times your grief group and Candy, you know, said your starlight group would have been there if we could have teleported. Yeah. This is the hard part is because when you and all these other moms and parents feel safe is with a group of other bereaved parents. I know. And I that's know. hard for family to realize that it's not the same. And that is kind of a little bit of the downside that my, that my Starlight family is virtual. I mean, I love the fact that they're virtual in some ways because I love that I have people from all over the country and even abroad mm -hmm. now in our same little group. It's fantastic. And what's funny is I feel closer to them than any of my friends here, any of them. I feel closer to these women. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and actually Demetra too. So I'm going to give you a shout out too, honey, because I feel closer to you than anyone here. And, and she was one to say to me, I would have been there. Like, mm -hmm. but she can't just come from Toronto, drop and go mm -hmm. to a concert and some evening. Mm -hmm. But that is the thing that you, what you feel, who I feel close to now and who would drop everything and do that for me. They mm -hmm. can't because they're not close enough to be able to do that mm -hmm. for me. And I know they would have mm -hmm. if they were there. And so I mm -hmm. guess I have to kind of, um, you know, grasp onto that a little bit and just know that I have my tribe. In some mm -hmm. ways, your tribe isn't close enough maybe for you to see them in person, but they're there. Mm -hmm. They're there. And even if your tribe, you know, I understand for the concert, they would have been there. But if people have a tribe that's close to them geographically, your tribe doesn't go to your family gatherings right? You can't no, bring no, them with you. That's no, not a place no, that they normally no. go. So we do go some places totally alone. Yeah. And I think that's why before we go, we have to prep ourselves to say, yeah. how am I going to do this? And when I was thinking about the Olympics in that comparison, there's no medal at the end. There's no platform people are going to put you on and play your national anthem and go, wow, you survived a really hard afternoon at Aunt Lucy's house. No, no yeah. one does yeah, that. No one's going to do that. And that's why it's so hard because no. even no. after we survive, the hardest thing, maybe we've held our breath for three hours just trying to make it through. Nobody puts you on a platform. So you almost have to reach back and go, you know, to yourself that, hey, I accomplished something. Yeah. Yeah. I survived. I didn't. I didn't stab anyone with a fork or, you know, flip over a table. Now, maybe some families that happens. I don't know. But um, yeah, so we have to almost realize that at the end, we have to celebrate the fact that we just did something really big. You know, and I love that. I, I'm going to take that back to my own little group because we have a little text thread going. And just to say, what can we celebrate today? What did you get through today? You know? at the end of this yes. call and, right. and just yeah, for do sure. that and take that minute because we will honor that in each other. There's no question we will. Mm -hmm. Just as right. those women yeah. would have been there. Exactly. That concert, and that's what I, right. Right. And that's always what I do. And you know this about me and in, in teaching about facilitating support groups is you always start with what was harder. Like we just did, yeah. like, you know, what are some of the hard things we're struggling through? But then we end on, you know, the positive and some of the positive is not, is the survivalship, you know? Yeah. Or that there might've been a moment that surprised yeah. us that had joy in it. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I, there are a few other things that I wanted to bring up too, and that, you know, I've been yeah. having wonderful people write to me. I, it's great. So the last two weeks I've been saying, I really need to get 
people kind of signed up for to do some episodes because I didn't really have anything planned and and it's been wonderful. I've had mm-hmm. really wonderful response and now I'm kind of booked out through February. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, but I've also had people mm-hmm. just reaching out who are struggling and want to know kind of what to do. And I've had some people asking Gwen about seeing you and about how mm-hmm. they could hear more from you. Yes. And oh. I have not mm-hmm. brought this up in a very long time, but obviously Gwen has a business, your grief guide, and she's got this beautiful, amazing set of videos. And then after you watch those videos, you can end up booking some uh, like appointments, right? Gwen, after the videos that you can do some yep. things mm-hmm. too. Um, and so, but, but just to true. remind all and when of I you, first I have it. coupons, I have coupons. You can do the Gwen videos for free. <laughs> just email me and I will send you mm-hmm. a coupon that you can do this because I think Gwen is unbelievable. And honey, I tell you, I wouldn't be oh. where I am today if not for you. And I'm, I just announced that I was a hot oh. mess. So maybe I shouldn't say that in the same podcast because now. <laughs> but but really you have helped me mm, so much sweet. and I know that video series on top of what we talk about mm-hmm. in our kind of every six weeks or so episodes we do mm-hmm. you do a lot in that video series and it is yeah. really amazing and please just mm. email me at marcyandandysmom.com and I will get you a coupon code and if you don't if you feel like you know, financially, you just want to pay for it and not use my coupon. That's fine. You know, go on grief guide. It's grief dash guide.com. Right, yeah. Gwen. And find out more about Gwen. Right. There. Correct. Yeah. Because I. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So you, you have generously, you know, purchased them to give to your listeners. And that just has shown how much you care about them. And, and they're part of the video that I never imagined when we did it is that people would re-listen. And it's interesting because maybe, you know, I talked about um, preparing ourselves, right? I have some people say to me right before the holidays, I re-listened. I re-listened to this part because that's part of their pump up. It's part of what they play in their head. So they know they're not alone. They know they're not going crazy. They um, can have that playing. So yeah. the part about the code that when you listen to the videos is it doesn't expire. You can re-listen. It's not a one time you listen to it and you only get one download. It's available. So along with that, there's just instructions on how to log on. The other part is, is that some of your listeners who are saying, you know, I don't have my tribe or I don't, and maybe I want to start a tribe is that there's discussion questions and you can listen to it with someone else and then have, yeah. you know, discussions together and there's extra reading. The other part well, that I do want to recently... say is that um... I, I was ahead. just going to say recently someone, um, you know, reached out to me and had said that her friend who had emailed me in the past had said, do you think Gwen would be willing to talk to me? And she wrote back, well, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And so she asked me and I was like, I mm-hmm. let me get the video, you know, let me get the videos to her. Absolutely. We can get that ball yeah. rolling. Cause I do think people think somehow they didn't know this. And I feel like that's our own fault that we've not made that clear enough too. Mm-hmm. you know, and I also don't feel like I've made it clear enough right. that the starlight support groups that, that we do through starlight ministries. So go on their website, starlightmen.org. Mm-hmm. Those are free. And I, I don't think I've been clear enough about that either right. because, right. because they, I've had people call to starlight cause they're going to do it. And then they ask, well, how much is this going to cost? Like, Oh, it doesn't cost anything. I mean, that's right. That's right. the beautiful thing um, because uh-huh. they're a charitable organization right. and they do fundraising and, and, and then that leads me into my next thing because I, I am terrible. Wait, couldn't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I just want to address one other thing. When you said about people talking with me, when I first started my business, I thought that 
I wanted people to for sure watch the videos before they talked with me, right? Mm -hmm. But I have found that some people just want to talk to me. Okay. And so it's not a requirement that they see the videos first. Um, now, I have three sessions. They're purposeful. One is a chance for people to tell me about their wound, more about their story, their specifics. The second part is um, that they can... The second visit is we talk about the work of grief, you know, the feelings where they might be stuck, um, you know, guilt, anger, depression. What what are some of the things that are obstacles for us? Then the third one is I wonder what's next for me. I wonder how, um, you know, I how I'm going to make it through this. Yeah, I will give those at a 50 percent count to any of your people. So I want them to know that don't buy them online because they'll they'll pay 50% more. So all they have to do is email me and I'll put my email in here um, again and email me and I will make sure that we can set that up and it can be done virtually and it's done, you know, what works best for them. Yeah. So those three sessions are available for people. Yeah. Well, I just, you so, are a blessing. Okay. So you were going to do something else. So, so I was going to transition oh, a little bit you. because again, so we're talking about trying to help people and do services for people. And so I'm, our, the Always Andy's mom mm -hmm. is, is a 501c3. So if you have end of year giving that you would like to do, it would be great if you donate mm. to, to our organization. I mean, I, you know, uh -huh. when we do these, um, the podcast, it costs me just to, so you all know, cost me about $500 a month to put these out. And, and for the most part, I just do that with my money. We've got some Patreon subscribers, but I think I get $22 a month from that. And we get some occasional donations, which are fantastic. And I think I should do a better job at thanking people maybe personally on, on the podcast for making a donation. Uh -huh. Cause I think, you know, that, that could be helpful. And, but I never ask and just because it makes me feel awkward, but I do feel like if I did ask and I got some more donations, well, then I might be able to buy more coupon codes and do more of that other stuff because instead mm -hmm. I feel like I've got to spend $6,000 just to produce the podcast a year. Right. And so it, it mm -hmm. limits being able to do maybe some other things to be able to help, you know, maybe some individual moms or individual people and buy the codes and get them some mm -hmm. help because I really would like to not yeah. limit things to just producing the podcast. And that's what in some ways I feel like I'm doing. So anyway, if you want mm -hmm. to, you can go on givebutter.com and give that way. There are some instructions on in the beginning and the end of the podcast about that, but if you want to, I would appreciate it. Obviously, going to the andysmom.com website, there's a donate page too that you can go to that. And I any anything would be okay. really appreciated. Mm -hmm. So right. And, and that's so, so that I can continue ask, helping. Right? It is oh, yeah, it's terrible. Right. And and that your motive, the reason that you don't ask a lot is because you're more thinking about why you're doing this. You're doing this to yeah. help people. And so the money part is back here, but then there are times that we do have to bring the money part to the front to say, you know, and just make people aware. And if people don't know, right. Well, I don't think people think um, about the fact so that, I'm glad you know, that you that said I'm spending no, this money and so. I mean, it's, I'm happy to do it and we'll keep doing mm -hmm. it. There's no question about it. But recently I just have had some moms that have had some kind of financial struggles. And I feel like, oh, it would be nice to be able to help them out with a few kind of things like this. Right. But, you know, I don't want it to get way outside of my always Andy's mom budget, which is not, you know, mm -hmm. very vast. Right. So, right. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting. When you and Eric and I first started talking about the podcast. And I asked like, you know, how do other podcasts make money? Well, they have advertisers. Well, who well, wants to advertise on a bereaved mom's podcast? Like, honestly, people do. Who's going to do that? I have had I mean, people I, reaching out. I have had people reaching out really? recently, like because the listenership has gone up. So I have more people reaching out, but there are people reaching out to be like, you know, how to make money, you know, capitalist, whatever. And, or, 
they're they're all this like weird right. things that have nothing to do with anything that I'm doing, and that feels weird to exactly. me. So I have had in the past probably right. two or three weeks, I've had three different advertisers reach out that want to advertise, and that just that feels ickier to me than asking for donations. Honestly, like I don't want yes. people to listen through commercials. Right on how to make a secure financial future. Right. I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I had one early on mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. an online therapy. And I thought about that a little bit, but then again, I thought, well, what if they're bad? What if they're a bad therapist? Like, I don't want to be right. promoting a bad right. therapist. Yeah. So then, mm -hmm. so that was the one that was the closest mm -hmm. fit for sure. But again, right. it felt right. just kind of odd. And so I didn't want to do that. And so I'm glad you brought up the advertising thing because I was yeah. going to make sure to mention yeah. that. Like, I just don't want to advertise. And that's mm -hmm. what other podcasts do. You know, my my husband, I told has this basketball podcast. He's got like tons of advertising now. And some of the people that have reached out to me to advertise, I've said to him, like, maybe they would advertise on yours because I just don't feel good about it. I just, it just right. feels wrong. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I totally do. Well, other things that you wanted to make sure you kind well, of talked about before Christmas here. I, I don't think, I, I think I just really wanted to have the listeners like just thinking about the fact that you're going in to a battle and how are you going to prepare and just making sure that you take some time to pause and realize that this is, this is a tough season. And I know you know that, but I think sometimes people think that they're just, go with the flow and, and hope it all turns out. But what I want them to do is realize that they can do some things to help themselves, like taking that pause and setting yourself in the right mind frame of I've prepared. I've told my family what I can handle. I'm going to have a backup plan. If it gets to be too much, I'm leaving. You know, all those things that we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, I'm getting through the holidays and many of your listeners have listened to getting through the holidays. So a lot of those things aren't, you know, extraordinarily new tips. But what I just wanted to focus on is that pause before you go into this week. Yeah. Just taking a breath, taking yeah. a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listening. Well, it's interesting because when I say that and I talked about, you know, I wonder what Michael Phelps listened to. And I'm sure if we Googled it, he's probably told someone what he listens to. <laughs> um, but what is your pump up song? Like sometimes we do have to pump ourselves up and, and what is it? And, and, you know, like I said before, family isn't always the easiest. So sometimes even before the death happened, we had to pump ourselves up to go be yeah. around family. Mm -hmm. Now it's even more so. So what are you, what is your walk-up song as you're walking up to that house carrying your green bean casserole, right? I can tell you it's not going to be the song that I just, that they just sang for Andy. That's no, not going to be my no, walk-up song. No, no, not at it all. Is, it is moving and beautiful, but it is, mm -hmm. it is not going to be my walk-up no. song for sure. That's, I'm going to see if I can get that in a little clip here in the next wonderful. few hours. I might see if I can put it on the end of mm -hmm. this one today when the podcast goes out Thursday, just so people can kind of get a listen and yeah. be able to really appreciate that song because yeah. I mean, that's the thing in some ways, all of you listeners, you're my tribe, right? You're my tribe. Right. And yeah, I know that you will appreciate hearing a song about my boy, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was amazing. And the reason they did it too is because the, the conductor of the choir this weekend wrote the song. So oh, he wrote wow. it. Um, he also happened to be the director that was there for the uh, late spring, early summer concert in June 2018. And it's very funny because Andy, normally they're done at the end of eighth grade. They are done. And they give them little kind of mementos for finishing and Andy thought he was done. And so he thought it was the last concert that he was going to sing. And it was so, I mean, such a huge part of his life and I'm watching him and I'm recording him and I'm like in about the third row and I'm tearing up and I look at Andy and he's tearing up mm. and getting emotional and he had to leave. 
he hmm. left and walked out the side and went in the side little vestibule of the church of the cathedral and he was crying because he was so sad it could be the last one and then they had the offertory where they were just collecting the offering and the this conductor who ended up writing the song for him went to check on him and andy's there crying that it was his last concert and it was meaning a lot to him and you know mr webster gave him his handkerchief that he had, which we still have. I can actually look over on his desk and the uh. handkerchief is still sitting over there. And what's funny is then I came to check on them and Peter came. Peter came uh. out because Peter, of course, was standing right next to him in that uh -huh. concert. And he started crying because Andy uh. was crying. And it was the last thinking that was the last one they were doing there to, together. Um, and after the offertory, they all got back up and Mr. Webster directed them again. And, but I think it was, you know, for him finding out that Andy had died, that boy who that music meant so much to him that he was mm -hmm. crying. Mm -hmm. That that's, I think why he felt so called to write a song about him. Yeah. And it turns out what's funny is that that after that concert series, you know, Andy's voice wasn't changing yet. He was going into the ninth grade, uh -huh. but he really wasn't changing. And and um, Mr. Bosher asked him if he would be willing to stay on at least for the fall semester through the Christmas concert just to kind of help those younger boys help the choir and be kind of a, a leader and he could still sing it. Right. And so what's funny is those tears were sort of in some ways for nothing mm -hmm. because he was going to sing again, mm -hmm. but of course he didn't because he died just two months later. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, but that's why just to give you a little more background as to why Richard Webster felt so called to write this piece for him. It's because, you know, he wasn't just another one of the boys to him. Right. They had a pretty special connection, the two of them. So. Yes. That's beautiful. We love the backstory and I agree we are going to love it. And it's, it's going to be beautiful. Oh, so somebody yeah. wrote here. Did right. you see that? The I did. Or tissue manufacturers as related sponsors. I <laughs> I had never thought of that. Good idea, Lynn. Yeah. Let's go um, with that, Lynn. I'll contact mm -hmm. Kleenex and Puffs tomorrow. And yeah. <laughs> advertise a commercial. Yeah. Or maybe even a tattoo artist because you know that whole thought when you were talking about <laughs> a tattoo artist. Yeah. Maybe um, my tattoo artist wants to do that. There's that woman who wrote the book grace and gratitude she was a speaker once at our Bury moms retreat i can't think of her name i th think her last name's ramsey can you help me? did you meet her anyway um she's a bereaved mom and she's written a book and she said something along the lines of nothing sends a middle-aged woman to a tattoo parlor faster than the death of a child did you know you told me that on the very yeah. first day we met on the oh, very really? first day we met you told me that <laughs> wow. because i had said something i don't know and you say that said that comment yeah. and of course i think eric was like yeah no <laughs> no and here you are and here i am yep. now four and a half years later finally doing mm -hmm. that tattoo but i yeah. do think it's beautiful i'm I'm looking forward to doing that. I think mm -hmm. I need to do that for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I love what you said. You know, it's interesting because I don't have tattoos. People say they're very personal for them. And that's exactly what you just described, that it was for you, that where you can see it and the meaning for you, not for others. Not for other people. Right. Because yeah. other people put... You know, sometimes they have their child name, which I think is fine, or uh -huh. or their birth date and death date and things like that. I didn't want, I, I definitely didn't want the death date because I just didn't want to right. be staring at the day, the worst day of my life. I mean, uh -huh. just to, have to stare at that just seemed like something I definitely didn't want to do. Um, and I just, I just wanted it to be for me. I really did. Uh -huh. I like, I feel like the more I just put, those are words that we spoke all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. I, he would get upset. He would get nervous, anxious about something. I would say, Andy, say your Bible verse. And we would together say, be still and know mm -hmm. that I am God. Like yeah. we would just say that it's what got him 
to a moment of peace is if he would say that and he would breathe that he would breathe those words mm-hmm. and he, he would get to the end and he would always feel better. And I just need a reminder to myself mm-hmm. because especially like now, mm-hmm. like I told you, how many times have I said that in this last hour that I'm a hot mess, <laughs> but what I need to do is I need to look at that and remind myself to just be still. still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be still and not worry about being a hot mess for just a minute, but to just be no. still. And no. nothing else matters. And it doesn't matter if people are judging me and it doesn't matter. Right. All of that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is me taking right. a minute, a little pause, and being still. Well, it's a natural response. You started this episode by apologizing for your hot mess. And how many times have you heard me say, and you being a physician, um, do people come into your office and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I have a sore throat? No, they don't. <laughs> do they ever say, oops, I broke my leg. I know. I, I'm sorry if that. They you, don't. you know what? You would not believe, but I do. They come in and they say, I'm so sorry to be wasting your time, but I really oh. want her ears checked or whatever. So I actually do get apologies from okay. moms the all mom. the time. Or I check the their mom. ears the and they're patient. fine. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. don't be, don't apologize. But that's apologize. from the mom. But that is what I say. I say, don't apologize, right? right? I say, I can't know that there's an ear infection or not unless I look. With I love. can't, right. But I also think that's coming from the mom and them apologizing. But the patient themselves, when they're in need of care, They don't apologize. They need it. If you're really sick and your leg's broken, you don't go to the ER and go, I'm so sorry. You're like, help me. So today for you to be emotionally needing an ER and needing some triage and some comfort and some care, just know that you found it here. Look at the comments. This is a safe place for you to do that. Um, so we don't have to apologize for that. We're absolutely normal. How, what other response would you expect from the season, the concert, the things that you are going through, the reminders and working with your mom's death and all of that? What other response would people expect from you? Yeah. Well, Candace just wrote this comment here. We apologize because we feel like we are passing the grief on to others oh, yeah. as well. And that's definitely true. Yeah, that can happen. I see that part. Like, I'm sorry if this upsets you. Um, well, and you know what's funny? And and I feel like this was God-ordained. So I worked our walk-in clinic today, and it's been super busy, and we've been seeing tons of kids. Right. I walked in, and I saw a girl, and I didn't recognize the mom right away, but I had been in a bereaved group with her in the past. Oh, really? In a bereaved mom's group. And she said like sort of towards the end of the visit after I kind of diagnosed her daughter, she said, I'm so-and-so's mom. And I said, Oh, and so we talked a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is I mentioned the concert, which she had known about because she follows me on Facebook and knew about the concert. And, um, and I said, you know, how hard that was. And she was talking about just being a hard time of year and all that. And then she later sent me an apology. I'm sorry if I got you upset today. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and um, I said, you don't understand what you did for me. Uh-huh. You were the perfect person to see me because uh-huh. no one, I've been able to talk to no one in right. person about how that concert affected me and how right. that was. I mean, only Eric, who was there with mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I hadn't said a thing to anybody because nobody wants to know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They don't. And for me to be able to take a minute and share that with her and share a moment with another bereaved mom who would know how hard that was for me. Mm-hmm. And not just talk about how beautiful it was or not talk about it at all, frankly, is what most mm-hmm. people do. I mean, it was, it was a gift. It was a Mm -hmm. real gift. Yeah. That's beautiful. And how those things happen. And those are the kind of moments that I, I, when I talk to our listeners about grabbing some of those moments, maybe it's moments like that, that someone comes into your path and, and you can talk to and relate with. Um, I do have to go back to the tattoo thing though, thinking of um, one of your people that was on your podcast, Lisa, she's Jordan's mom. Uh She had um, Jordan's handwriting of his initials and she 
has his initials on her finger, on her ring finger. And that was very unique, beautiful tattoo of having his initials on her finger. Yeah. His handwriting. I thought that was pretty beautiful. And I love when I see her, my eyes are always drawn to that ring finger to see that. Oh, yeah, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. And again, something just so meaningful to her. To her. Yeah. Yeah. But now I, she's my friend. I, I, it's such a part of her that it's just, you know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we probably ought to wrap up here, especially if I'm going to try to put that song on the end. So right. we, we'll see, but thank you so much for joining us Thanks. today. And thank you, Gwen, for You're being welcome. amazing and um, making me feel just a little bit better today because yeah. you certainly did. Well, thank you. We just want everyone to be encouraged and to, if they need someone to be at the end saying, great job, you did it, reach out, let us know. Both of us would love to hear from you so that we can yeah. say, you know, here's your medal. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that. I would mm -hmm. love it. Yep. So what follows here is the recording that I tried to make. Do know that if you want to watch the full video, you can do so. I will have it posted on my website eventually, but you can go to the Grand Rapids Men and Boys website or their YouTube channel and be able to watch the video even now. That's the video of the whole concert. And then I'll get the clip of the video of just this song. I also wanted to take one more second to say that Mr. Re Richard Webster was just amazing through this whole experience. And I did find out late last night that before he left to go back to Boston yesterday and went to the airport, he had Scott take him to the cemetery so he could sit with Andy just for a while. And that makes it even more special to me to know that he really cared about Andy as he wrote this song. So just keep that in mind as you listen.
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.